Welcome to the European Parliamentary Research Service Podcasts. In this podcast, we'll talk about the review of the EU emissions trading system to align it with the new, more ambitious EU climate targets. Want to know more? Stay with us. The European Union's Emissions Trading System, or ETS, is the world's biggest scheme for trading greenhouse gas emissions allowances. Launched in 2005, this cap-and-trade policy has gone through several reforms and is now in its fourth trading phase. It remains a cornerstone of the EU's policy to combat climate change and its key tool for reducing greenhouse gas emissions in a cost-effective way. It operates in all EU member states, as well as Iceland, Liechtenstein and Norway, regulating around 10,000 power plants and factories and covering over 40% of the EU's greenhouse gas emissions. That's right. And since 2012, it also covers the aviation sector. But how does the system work exactly? Well, the principle is simple. The EU sets a cap on the amount of greenhouse gas emissions that can be emitted each year, and companies need to hold allowance permits for every tonne of CO2 they emit per year. These permits or allowances are partly auctioned and partly given for free to industries at risk of carbon leakage, and they can be traded. To incentivize companies to become more energy efficient, the total cap decreases every year, and member states must use at least half of the revenues from auctioning allowances to fight climate change. To support energy-intensive industrial sectors and the electricity sector in their innovation and investment challenges, two new funds have been established. The Innovation Fund supports innovative low-carbon technologies in energy-intensive industries, carbon capture, use and storage of renewable energy and energy storage. And the Modernization Fund, as the name suggests, supports the modernization of the electricity sector in the 10 poorest EU member states. The question is, has the system really worked? Here's Gregor Erbach from the European Parliamentary Research Service. Well, one thing is clear. The ETS has brought down emissions from power generation and energy-intensive industries by 43% in the past 16 years. The price for emission allowances has reached a level that makes it attractive to invest in renewable energies and energy efficiency. On the other hand, it's been very difficult to reduce emissions in sectors that are not under the ETS, like shipping, road transport and buildings. So there are criticisms, including over-allocation of permits massive windfall profits for energy companies, price volatility and failure to meet its goals. So in 2020, the European Parliament called on the Commission to review the ETS system to align it with the new climate targets, including reduction of the caps and the rules for allocation of free allowances and to address the potential need for a carbon floor price. MEPs opposed the inclusion of road transport in the EU ETS, but supported that of the maritime sector, expressing reservations for the building sector. So the Commission got down to the task and came up with a proposal to review the system, as part of its Fit for 55 package. Let's hear the Vice President of the European Commission, Franz Timmermans. Our current tools don't deliver enough. To reach at least 55% reduction in 2030, we need real incentives for change. We also need to generate the revenues to seriously invest in that change. The current ETS will be made to fit our higher ambition, 
the cap on emissions must go down faster and we will take out more free allowances from the system. So, what would basically change? Well, as Vice President Timmermans was saying, the amount of emission allowances would be reduced and fewer allowances would be allocated for free. To prevent carbon leakage, that is, the risk that companies based in the EU could move carbon-intensive production abroad to take advantage of lax standards, a new carbon border adjustment mechanism will be introduced. This mechanism will equalize the price of carbon between domestic products and imports and ensure that the EU's climate objectives are not undermined by production relocating to countries with less ambitious policies. That's right. And from 2023, the ETS would be extended to maritime transport, covering emissions from large ships. Now, according to the Commission, all these measures would reduce emissions in the ETS sectors by 61% by 2030, compared to 2005 levels. That's a great prospect. But what else would change? Here's Vice President Timmermans. We also plan, uh, as most of you have heard by now, a separate system for emissions trading in road transport and buildings. Politically, the choice we make today about road transport and buildings is a difficult one. But in terms of policy, so not in terms of politics, but in terms of policy, it's actually very simple. Because more of the same will not do it. Through the new Social Climate Fund, a quarter of the revenues from this new system would be used to alleviate the social impacts of passing on the carbon costs to households, micro-enterprises and transport users. And there's more. Here's Gregor Erbach from the European Parliamentary Research Service. The Market Stability Reserve, which was introduced in 2019, has greatly improved the functioning of the EU carbon market by matching the supply of emission allowances with the demand. The proposed revision aims to make it more predictable and align it with the objectives of the European climate law. Furthermore, to support low-carbon innovation, the Commission is also proposing to enlarge the innovation and modernization funds and to oblige member states to spend all of their ETS revenues on climate action. So, what do stakeholders have to say about the proposal? Well, just as other legislative proposals in the Fit for 55 package, the ETS revision got some mixed reactions. While the increased ambitions were generally welcomed, many, such as Climate Action Network or Friends of the Earth Europe, questioned the continued allocation of free allowances and expressed concern about the impacts of the proposed separate ETS for transport and buildings. Klaus Rohrich is the EU Climate and Energy Policy Coordinator at Climate Action Network Europe. The ETS is a key instrument to implement the EU's contribution to the Paris Agreement. But unfortunately, even the new ambition level proposed by the European Commission is still far from the levels necessary to honour the 1.5 degree goal. This means achieving at least 70% emission cuts in the ETS by 2030. It is also critical that the free handout of pollution permits finally has to stop and that national governments double down their efforts to eradicate energy and mobility poverty and support low-income households in the transition. It's now in the hands of the Parliament, and more specifically, of its Environment Committee, which presented its draft report in January this year. Here's rapporteur Peter Liese. We desperately need to agree on a comprehensive 
legislation to reach our ambitious climate targets. A carbon price is key to achieve the targets. The European Parliament since a long time asked to cover much more sectors of the economy, for example, maritime emissions. And I'm grateful that this is in the Commission proposal. We also need to cover road transport and buildings, but here it is even more important to look at the social issues and help those in need with the transition. Want to know more? Check out Gregor Erbach's full policy brief on the EPRS website or in our app. This is a European Parliamentary Research Service podcast. Thanks for listening.